Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I am your host, Joanna. Let's get started. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Work in Progress. I am your host, Joanna, and today I'm joined by Tazos Kotsias to talk about self-esteem and workplace productivity. Tazos is a women's empowerment coach, and he also coaches female executives and business owners to overcome the stress of trying to balance their career and their personal responsibilities. Hi, Tazos. How are you today? Thank you, Joanna. I'm fine. Thank you uh, for hosting me. It's my pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward. I'm excited to uh, get this going and uh, see how we can bring value to uh, our listeners. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for joining us. It's going to be a great episode. Um, Would you like to start off by introducing yourself with a bit about who you are and what it is you do? Sure. Thank you. Thank you for that. So uh, I'm originally Greek, but I'm living in Qatar in Middle East for the last 10 years now with my family and my children. And uh, of course, Qatar is not Greece, but that's another story. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, I'm into holistic coaching. I'm a certified uh, holistic coach from the International Coaching Federation with the ACC credential. And um, I'm focused, as you said before, in uh, women empowerment, how I can help them and support them and bring them value in really um, relieving their everyday stress and overcoming uh, these um, uh, challenging situations to balance their career goals, their career objectives, their career requirements with their personal life, family, home, husband, and all these, you know, daily personal responsibilities. So this is what I'm focusing and this is my mission, actually, because I really believe uh, that I can uh, serve and I can bring, uh, I can have some impact um, to, to this world, let's say. Yeah, beautiful. And what <laughs> inspired you to focus on female empowerment specifically? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Because sometimes, you know, it's a bit strange so, because usually, you know, a lot of women coaches are, uh, are addressing such issues. But I see it from the male perspective and from the man perspective, having already over 25 years of corporate experience in challenging environments, you know, professional environments with bosses, with managers, with colleagues, with all this, you know, a stress and overwhelm of uh, being in a competitive environment, in a corporate competitive environment. And also, I, I was also, and I'm still, as you understand, entrepreneur, because even being coaching is an entrepreneurship, uh, really. So I've done several also entrepreneurial efforts, very challenging. So I went all through, all, all through these pains and challenges of, um, of uh, empowering myself and also empowering others. But what, coming back to your question, just to link it, is that it was uh, quite, uh, let's say, um, natural to me when I was younger and I was really uh, being in these uh, uh, corporate environments for women and female colleagues 
to come to me and ask me for advice or sharing with me their issues, their problems, their everyday challenges, and also even their challenges with their male colleagues and male bosses. So for some reason, I don't know why, I didn't know even back then why. Now I know a little bit better, but back then I didn't know why. Uh, I guess it was uh, I was creating, uh, you know, subconsciously a, a, a safe environment and a trust, trusting environment for them to share their opinion, opinion, share their feelings, share their emotions, share their challenges with me, and looking for some advice or some, let's say, a little bit of mentorship in that in that area. So slowly, slowly, this became my profession and this became my my coaching profession. I really, honestly, 15, 20 years ago, I didn't know anything about coaching. Right, but this was happening. This was happening on a daily basis, and I was very happy, you know, to listen to them and provide advice and bring them value. But now I do it consciously, and now I'm also trained <laughs> to do that. Right, so the, the the impact, the impact is much much greater right now in this uh, aspect. Yeah, for sure. And what a great journey to get to this point. So thank you for sharing that with us. Appreciate it. Um, so before we get started, um, I'd like to introduce you in a section we like to call Have You Met Tassos? So my first question to you is, do you have a favorite book or anything you're reading at the moment? Well, uh, 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 right now in the moment, I'm reading a couple of different books, but one of my favorite books, since you're asking, is what about Dan uh, Millman's, uh, this the author. Uh, I think it was Dan Millman, yes, that this was... Um, his first book was the uh, the uh, Peace Warrior, and then his second book was the Travels of Socrates. And by the way, my son is called Socrates, so you know, like the ancient Greek philosopher. Yeah. So this book, this book was on one of my favorite. The combination of these two books because it's really, it's really empowering. It's a really empowering book, both of them, and very uh, inspiring. And at the same time, we are quite spiritual. So um, and it. Um, it resonated with me very much reading them, and actually, because of the second book, Travel of Socrates, is uh, we uh, named we named our son after that, and of course, as Greeks, you know, because of the ancient Greek philosopher. But it was a very funny story because <laughs> I was with my wife. I was with my wife. That's why I will never forget this book. I was with my wife. She was pregnant in a nice, beautiful Greek uh, beach, and she was pregnant back then, and she was reading this book. The Travel of Socrates, I, because I had re- already read it and I was I had recommended this book to her to read. So she was reading that book that day, and I was reading about Plato, right? Yeah. So Plato, so Plato also was describing about Socrates and about his life and everything. And then as she was pregnant with my with our son back then, we never gave him the name before. So I said to her, "Why don't we call our son our baby Socrates?" And this is how it popped up. <laughs> so uh... I, will, I, will never, I will never forget this. Uh, this book, and I highly recommend. I highly recommend to our listeners to read this book, both of them: the Warrior, the Peace Warrior, and also the Travels of Socrates. Beautiful. Are you mostly into non-fictional books? Um, yeah, yes and no. You know, depending on my mood, I've read a lot of books, as you understand, about psychology, about philosophy, many, many books. When I was doing my military service here in Greece, back in Greece, and I was a little bit bored, to be honest. I just I was just reading philosophy books, <laughs> philosophical books for you know the ancient Greek philosophers and other philosophers around the world. So no, so I can say depending on my mood and depending on the, my free time and my available time, but mainly depending on my mood and the and the environment, I can choose different books, you know, of different categories. Yeah, amazing. And you mentioned military service. Can you tell me a bit more about that? 
Ah, yes, you know, in Greece, it's uh, mandatory. We okay. are, uh, it's a mandatory service that we all do. Uh, I did that when I was 22 to 23 years old for 21 months, almost two years. And I was in the uh, Air Force. But oh, I was wow. ground, of course, ground stuff. I mean, I was not flying. I wish I could fly, but this was, <laughs> this was requiring a permanent training and a permanent employment into yeah. the Air Force Academy and all that, right? So, but I was ground staff as a, as a military officer, and I was also a Air Force police, let's say, in a way. So, uh, so I could scare people out, but I, I never <laughs> scared me. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to have, you know, to be, have some discipline around the base, the Air Force camp and, and all that, but I was never going to bully anyone or take advantage of this role or anything. Never, never. I was never interested in that. I think I was quite more mature than that already back then. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really great. That sounds like such a cool opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know what? My only regret, if I can share that, is yeah. that is that I could I could have done six months, let's say, or nine months of commando training, let's say, or for Navy SEALs or something similar, instead of doing twenty one months. That I was a little bit bored in the end, and I thought that it was I could not contribute any real value to the country, to my country, you see. So I could, I could rather have been, have trained in this uh, challenging, you know, and demanding training. At least I could have learned something very, very useful for me and I would be more in position to help my country in case something went wrong. But anyway, I could not manage this. It was not uh, up to my decision in the end. Yeah, I think it's really great, though, that you've had that reflection, you know, and you've had that realization. Definitely. It's, it was a great learning experience in any case. Yeah, beautiful. So my next question for you is movies. Do you have a favorite movie or anything you're watching at the moment? Yeah, my favorite movie was Matrix. I have to tell you, Matrix, <laughs> the first Matrix, when I first saw that, like 20 years ago, yeah. I think it was 1999 or 2000, something like that. It was really, really incredible movie i had to watch it three or four times to really understand a deeper meaning and i can tell you even now sometimes i go back to that <laughs> to really see explore more because you know as in movies as in books if i can offer some a little bit some reflection here some advice yeah. in movies or in books i think we all um, we all have seen that i've experienced this you need to go back again and again why because we are changing we are evolving as human beings, because of our experiences, because we are, we are, uh, we are, we have different perspectives. Sometimes in life, our perspective changes. So going back to the same movies or to the same books, we translate it and we capture uh, moments or things or advice or uh, uh, any concepts that maybe we had not figured out or we had not understood it when we first read it or watched the movie. So I'm always I'm an I'm an ambassador of this, and I enjoy going back and reread or rewatch uh, things that I've seen or I've read before in order to go deeper, deeper, and deeper in the meeting and translate that maybe differently now based on my experiences and based on my uh, background or what I've done all these years in between. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I find that when I rewatch some of my favorite movies, I learn new things about it and I see things that I haven't seen before. I understand concepts a bit better. So it's a really great process being able to, you know, look back on a favorite show, favorite movie or a favorite book and just learn something yes. new. Yes, thank you for the question. And especially Matrix for me. For me, if I look back now again, 
I think it, uh, seeing that now from the holistic coaching perspective, if I can connect that, I see a lot of um, a lot of common um, points, around, a lot of common concepts between the holistic coaching and matrix because matrix was very spiritual. It was very, at the same time, very physical, very mental, and very emotional. And this is what holistic coaching is about. It's about the physical awareness, our physical awareness, so our body and who we are and what we're doing every day, what's our environment, how we enjoy our environment. At the same time, very mental. It's about the mental awareness and the mental well-being. So Matrix, you remember Matrix, you know, with all these crazy situations happening, you know, mentally, you had to be very, very clear that perfect clarity of what was what was going on and take critical decisions when you had to take critical decisions then emotionally it was so intense right like our lives everyday lives so this is why we're talking about balance we're talking about integration we're talking about harmony in the emotional aspect of the holistic coaching and then spiritually because if you remember in matrix it was really about who we are how, what can we do, how we can change our lives, how we can achieve our goals, our visions, our passions, our objectives, right? So it fully resonates from me since then, uh, you know, and I really see a lot of uh, common areas and common spaces with the holistic coaching that I'm uh, practicing and I'm offering now. Yeah, amazing. I have to admit, I actually haven't watched The Matrix before. Oh, you should. I highly yeah. recommend yeah, a lot of people have told me to watch it. I just have not gotten onto it. But now that but I know... Take it take it in a row. The first one first, the second, the third. Yes. Take it in a row. Don't go in the, the end, the last one. You never understand what was happening. You have, to go to, <laughs> you have to go to the first. I'll make note of that and I'll definitely <laughs> put that on my list again. I'm making Great. a lot of lists of movies to watch. Every episode I do, I feel like I'm adding a new sort of recommendation onto it. Um but yeah, thank you for that. And my last one for you is podcasts. Do you listen to any podcasts or are you into podcasts at all? Of, of course, I listen to uh, some podcasts and I listen also your podcasts several times, few times, you ah. know, uh, very often. Guess what I see interesting because I think you have captured and I'd like to appreciate, to celebrate you about that. And I really appreciate your work because you're capturing something very, very important in the in the business culture in the, in the, if I can say, in the wellness uh, workspace or in the workspace wellness. So because self-esteem and personal productivity are very, very well connected. So if you, if you manage to have a clear idea and a clear perception, perception, sorry, a clear perception of what self-esteem is and how we as human beings and each individual how and how uh, he or she perceives this uh, self-esteem aspect of himself or herself, then productivity comes along. Then it's really, it's really uh, impact. It really impacts the productivity of each person. Mm. So since we we are all, we are all working some somewhere somehow. It doesn't matter. We're all working. It's about productivity. It's about personal productivity. So self-esteem is there. It's a basic element of this personal productivity. So that's why. I, and coming from my background, my corporate background, I see a lot of value in what you're offering. Other than that, other than that in, in terms of other podcasts, from time to time, I listen to different, again, aspects. It's like my, it's like the books. Sometimes I feel uh, uh, listening to some podcasts which are more, you know, um, closer to psychology or closer to philosophy or closer to everyday uh, solutions or practical solutions or something. 
But now, the last year since I'm into coaching, I'm more than I'm more listening around coaching the coaching space and how I can enhance my skills and how I can enhance my my tools in order to uh, serve an impact and have a bigger impact for my clients and uh, for the for the society. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for your kind words about our show. Um, we do hope that people get something out of it. And by sharing different, you know, approaches and perspectives on productivity, that we can also inspire people to, you know, for sure. Their I'm own sure. I'm sure. Thank you for that. Um, I think we can get straight into our interview questions now, if that's all right with you. Perfect. So my first one for you is how would you personally define personal productivity? Yeah, personal productivity, you know, it's um, it's really, I would say two words, efficiency and effectiveness, because these are two different, two different concepts and the different aspects of productivity. So I can be very effective, but maybe not efficient. Or the opposite, I can be very efficient, but not effective. So these two, these two has to have to go together. And of course, around these, there are a lot of other aspects, like, like multitasking, or like maybe how, how I can manage my time, how I can manage my energy to be productive, therefore being effective or efficient, right? So, but there are a lot of other aspects there. It's about goal setting, for example. Do I have a clear goal? Do I have a clear idea? Do I have a clear, a clear solution? Or do I have a clear uh, way, um, um, destination on what I want to achieve? If I have this, I can be more productive. If I don't have this, I'm lost in the way. Mm. So time management, energy management, how to be efficient, how to be effective. This is about personal productivity for me. Yeah. And what do you think people get wrong when it comes to personal productivity? Yeah. The opposite of what, on what I said, for example, people cannot, uh, usually cannot set their priorities. Well, they don't, they are not able to, to manage their time because they get lost sometimes in different priorities that they believe their priorities but in the end they are not important for them because in order to set your priorities you need to understand very very well what is important for you what is important for you when you wake up in the morning is it important for you to read a newspaper or go to internet or check social media or it's important for you to have a half half an hour walking jogging running whatever in order to boost up your energy for example and begin your day Different things. For some people can be social media, for some other people can be exercising, for some other people can be uh, working right away. So it's really, it really, it's really very, very important priorities and the importance of the tasks. Yeah. Because if it's not clear, if they're not clear for the people, what is the priorities and what's the importance of the tasks, then they either neglect or they don't do anything. So that means that they procrastinate continuously and they don't take action right or they never achieve things in the end they never achieve things and then they feel oh i'm not good enough i have not achieved this i'm not worthy i cannot do it how can you say i cannot do it if you haven't given the effort if you've not put effort behind the thing whatever this is that you wish to achieve or accomplish yeah see, so this is what i this was i see some major blockages blockages of not clarifying priorities and the importance of things not paying attention and having not having a clear goal, a clear objective, 
and then you know all the negative uh, feelings unfortunately start to uh, pop in to <laughs> to pop out you know and come into our lives yeah and as you know today we're talking about productivity and what you just said um, and how it aligns with self-esteem. So would you mind telling us what self-esteem is and how you define that? Uh, yeah, that's a challenging question, actually, because uh, sometimes, you know, we get confused on what self-esteem is. I would say that self-esteem basically is our perception, if I can say, or is our personal or subjective evaluation on how what is our worth, if I can say that, or what is our values? Because mm. sometimes we confuse it with self-confidence, but self-esteem is really about how we measure our value, how what we believe we are capable of in general, not about the particular skills that we may have, but in general, how we, the value that we have against uh, other people, the value that we believe we have as individuals for ourselves, so I think this is how I will uh, generally, uh, let's say, um, um, explain or, uh, yeah, explain what self-esteem is for me. Yeah, and how does that influence personal productivity? Oh, it can influence it. It can it can influence it greatly because if you have if you do not have this as self-esteem, then maybe you lack the motivation. Maybe you uh, procrastinate, as I already mentioned before. Maybe you uh, don't don't have this resilience, this resilience that you need to keep you going. On the other hand, for example, if you have too much self-esteem, then you go to a different angle. You go to a different uh, uh, character, personality, and different kind of behaviors. Uh, what else I can say for self-esteem? So if you have low self-esteem, maybe you don't have the focus, maybe you don't have the concentration because you don't believe to yourself. You don't believe you're capable of doing things. You don't, maybe you're not willing to take risks, for example, because you believe that you cannot manage or you cannot pull it through, whatever this is. So you stay back, you know, you stay back, you're more defensive, you close, you close up yourself, you know, and you don't go out so much to stand up in front of people, for example, you don't feel confident, you don't feel that you have the proper, let's say, value even to go and talk with people, you know, in, in let's say, in, um, in front of an audience. So maybe you have this kind of phobias or this kind of fears that, uh, that restrict you from uh, achieving things or going out to the world. Yeah. And how do we go about identifying where we lack self-esteem, like what areas in our life? Oh, in many areas you can lack self-esteem, but um, for example, in relationships. In personal relationships, if I feel that I'm, if I, I have a low self-esteem, I'm feeling that I'm not worth or I'm not enough, for example, to go and meet a new person. Or in a social gathering, I'm not taking any action or any, let's say, proactive movement to go and meet people because I feel that they will not like me. Maybe I feel that I, that I will feel that I'm not, uh, they will not be, I will not be pleasant. Or uh, they, I feel maybe that they will, uh, you know, not be able to say what I want to say in a proper way, right? So this keeps me back. This keeps me back, for example. That's a social, the social aspect. Professional, in a professional environment, same thing. A little bit what I said already before, you know, maybe I don't take a responsibility for a new project. So, for example, I'm working with a team. 
right? And my boss is coming and saying, look, uh, I have a new project. You know, it's very important for the company. Who would like to take the lead? And if I have low self-esteem, I will stay back. I will not raise my hand and say, yes, I can do it. You know, I'll stay back and I will wait for someone else to take the lead. And then I will just follow yeah. maybe. Yeah. So in many aspects, in family, the same, family, the same. You know, as I told you, I'm a father as well. You know, if I have low self-esteem, I will radiate and I will reflect this self-esteem to my family and to my children. And this is something that we have to always be aware as parents, right? Because this reflects directly direct to the children. Then the children will think that this is the right way for them mm. to go on their lives, right? And march their lives. And then when they're at school, again, if the teacher says, oh, I want to volunteer someone to help me come on the board and write some things or drawing or design, whatever, you know, they will not raise their hand. Yeah. And do you think that maybe low self-esteem manifests from fear? Um, it could be. That's an interesting question. I never, never thought about that, to be honest. It could be. It could be from fear, but only if there was something like a small traumatic experience in the past, I would connect it to that. Because if there was no such experience, such traumatic experience in the past, why would fear be there? Mm. Yeah, that's so, a good point. So, yeah, so why would you have any fear? Because you don't know, if you haven't experienced something and you haven't felt uh, feelings of fear or feelings of low self-esteem or something, why would it come up to you? Maybe there's, there, are other, there are other experiences that brought this uh, low self-esteem in the surface and this is how you behave. Maybe there was some... Uh, kind of uh, emotional or physical or whatever bullying. But then again, this is like a small traumatic experience. So the root cause should be somewhere there in order to have this fear. Yeah. So then, then we have to address the fear. We have to address the phobia. We have to address this traumatic experience to bring it to the surface, recognize it, accept it, you know, hug it, yeah. right? Really, really uh, give emotion around it and accept ourselves and forgive ourselves for something like this or forgive someone else that did something to us in order to go on a higher level of uh, of self-esteem. That's really interesting. So are you saying that the process of perhaps forgiving someone that contributed to a traumatic experience in your past can help boost your self-esteem? Well, for me, 100%. If this was the root, if this was the root of the fear and if this was the root of the low self-esteem at, at the present, Definitely, you have to go back to the root, understand it, acknowledge it, accept it, forgive yourself or the other one or both, mm. right? And then move on. Yeah, and I, this idea of moving on, I, does it play a big part in you know cultivating a greater sense of self-esteem? Yeah, of course, yeah, exactly, great, yeah, exactly, correct, 100% correct, because if I want to take action, I take the action if I have a balanced self-esteem. I'm not saying a high self-esteem in the extreme, but I'm saying a balanced self-esteem, proper, grounded uh, personality that is centered, it's centered, that knows who, uh, knows what you want, when you know what you want, then you can move on. Then you can take the little steps. Then you can trust the process. You can trust your capabilities. You can trust your skills. You can trust yourself in order to move forward. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And how does one begin the process of moving forward from 
a traumatic experience in order to work on their self-esteem? Yes, then there are, there are several ways. Either you can do it by yourself or you need to ask for support. Mm. So if you can do it by yourself because you have already acknowledged the incident and you're fully aware of the incident and how to manage it, then that's perfect. You can do it and you can move on. You can set new goals. You can set new achievements that you wish to have, uh, that you wish to uh, attract around you. So then you can do it. If you cannot do it by yourself because either you're not aware of this traumatic experience or you're not aware of the fear, the hidden fear, then you need to ask for support, right? And then either you ask a coach or you go to a psychologist or someone that really, really can help you as a pro professionally. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, asking, uh, speaking with a friend or speaking with a, a colleague or speaking with a family member, it's good. It's really, it's good to have this strong network of sharing and discussing, but it doesn't mean that helps you, really mm. helps you to, to take the insight, to find your awareness and find your own truth and find your own solution. Yeah. Because you may be biased, you may be biased or you may be influenced by the, third yeah. the other people and then you follow their advice and their lead, and which is not true with you. It's not resonates with your true self. It doesn't resonate with your solution, mm. the, the desired solution. So then you have you, my advice, not because I'm a coach, but my, my advice that in some of these kind of challenging, difficult situations, you better get some advice from a professional um, uh, person, professional, uh, either coach or psychologist or counselor or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, for sure. And I also know that you focus on female empowerment. So I'd just love to establish why it's important for women, especially to, you know, mentally thrive. Yes. It, it is, I would say it's important because I hate to say that sometimes, you know, and it's a little, it can be really a little bit controversial sometimes, but I I still feel that uh, there is a male dominance in a lot mm. of environments, which of course depends also on the culture. So maybe it's a little bit different in the US, maybe it's a little bit different in Europe, maybe it's a little bit different in China, in Asia, or in Africa, or in Middle East where I am. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, and also on the religion, but of course here we're not discussing about religion, but the uh, the uh, male dominance, you see it also in the governments, you see it in a lot of in a lot of corporate organization. You have a board of directors, for example, ninety nine point nine percent is only men, and maybe have one or two women, you know, out of ten or fifteen men there. So that's obvious. That's obvious statistically, right? Yeah. Mathematically, it's obvious. Unfortunately, so this is this is why women have to really get their place in this world if they feel like being there if they feel like being in a board of directors if they feel like being you know the leading powers in different uh, aspects or different societies or different setups i mean political social whatever kind of setup then this is uh, this is uh, why they need to get this empowerment and this is what uh, my mission is at the same time you know what uh, you know what i strongly believe in and yeah. I will give you a very strong, I think it's a very strong example. If we have around 200 countries in the world, more or less, mm. right? Give or take. <laughs> so, so because sometimes some countries, they are self-declared. It yeah. doesn't matter. So we have around 200 countries. If we had 200 female presidents of the countries or leaders of the countries, how different the world would be? 
very different. I feel like our values and beliefs and, you know, stereotypes would be entirely different. Exactly. You see, so this is my answer basically to your question. And how does then living in this, you know, male dominated society affect a woman's self-esteem? It affects it a lot because sometimes, you know, men, um, we are a little bit sometimes different in the approach. We are different in the approach. For example, we can be maybe more directive or we can be more aggressive. We can be more competitive in a professional environment, right? In a, in a corporate environment. And that sometimes brings uh, women in a different position, in different mindset, mentally and emotionally. Because they they uh, they uh, behave differently, they, uh, women behave differently, women think differently, you know, and they act differently. And then uh, what I what I say usually is that we men maybe we are driven more mostly by our brain and our mind, so we are more our mental of our mental let's say um, uh, driven uh, human beings. But women go more to their heart mm. because they drop down from their mind, they go more for the emotion from, from more to the heart. Parenthesis, that's, that's, where, that's, uh, that's why my coaching methodology is called heart. Uh, we can explain that in a different <laughs> podcast if you wish. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, no, I mean, go for it. Talk to me about heart. What's that all about? Oh, heart is a, heart is a, a let's say, copyrighted methodology of mine, which is basically addresses it's like an acronym and addresses, let's say, like a five-step process around coaching. Mm. So because why? Because heart, age, is for holistic, which I, I, I you know, I'm fully certified and uh, fully trained. E is for empowerment, so women empowerment. A is for acceptance, so how women can be accepted, can feel accepted, and can, be, can be accepted in a corporate environment, social environment, in, in the family, in all the different setups. R for resilience. So how, what's the resilience that we can get into, into this state of resilience that we can face the challenges, etc. And T is for transformation. So in the end, starting with a holistic approach of addressing an issue or addressing a challenge, addressing any mental, emotional or physical challenge or spiritual challenge, you know, we end up going to the transformation, to the complete transformation. And this is where the beauty is because you start with a point A and you reach point B mm. and you see the difference in the process. You see, enjoy the journey, you see the difference and then you are a transformed person in order to really go out and uh, thrive. Yeah, and is this applied to life generally or more towards self-esteem? In any, in any issue. Yeah. I'm telling you, in any issue because maybe... Maybe a lady comes uh, to me and says, look, uh, Tassos, I'm low. I, have, I feel lately very low in my self-esteem, how I can change the state of mind, how I can change the state of emotion, whatever. So we will be working on the self-esteem in order to, to transform this. But in the process, or maybe other clients, other ladies, other women have different challenges. Maybe it's about acceptance. Maybe it's about achievement. Maybe it's about career setting. Maybe career goal setting, I mean. Maybe it's about career move, career move. Maybe it's about managing family, work-life balance or work-life integration. How you integrate these two so that you feel happy. Maybe it's about depression. Maybe a, a, a woman comes to me with a depressive approach in things. So we have to work around it. 
you know, mm. to be really able to transform this. Yeah. So there are all different aspects. Maybe it's a physical challenge. Maybe someone's coming with the overweight uh, situation, an overweight situation. And they say, no, I want to lose some weight. I want to, uh, no, I don't, I hate myself, etc." So you start with the physical aspect, the weight loss objective. But in the end, you figure out this is not about weight loss. It's about, <clears throat> it's about self-esteem. It's about self-confidence. It's about acceptance. It's about um, uh, consistency. It's about goal setting. It's about a hundred different things it can be, you know, around, around the weight loss, which superficially, it sounds like a physical issue. Yeah. And I'd love to go back to talking about, um, you know, the behaviors that come up when, you know, we are experiencing low self-esteem. You did say that, you know, men approach things differently to women, but do you think behaviors of like defensiveness or, you know, excessive compliance or rebellion are common signs of low self-esteem that both men and women can experience? Yes, definitely. Of course, of course. We all experience that. We all experience that, and we all experience that um, in any, in some given points of um, uh, of our life, or in a specific um, in specific environments. Yes, definitely, because you talked about rebellion, for example, right? The mindset of a rebellion mindset. Yeah, of course. If someone has a super high self esteem, then maybe there is narcissism there. Maybe there is. Uh, overconfidence maybe there is a delusional a bit uh, uh, understanding of wh who I am and what my skills are and what my capabilities are so then maybe I start bullying or I start being aggressive or I start being you know uh, uh, let's say um, trying trying to trying to suppress some people or some mentalities or some situation in where I live in. So that, that's the extreme, let's say. On the other hand, if you have a low self-esteem in, in that aspect, yes, of course, then you can have other challenges in terms of behavior. Then you're more defensive or you're closed down, you don't communicate much. So your behavior, you're a more of a silent person, maybe more introspective. You don't share much. People don't understand your feelings. People don't understand what you want. They cannot connect with you. You cannot connect with them. In, in the case of low self-esteem. So, of course, different kind of behaviors because of, of low self-esteem. Yeah, and do you think that high self-esteem could actually be a sign of having low self-esteem? Like, you have to project yourself as this person who's really confident and really sure of themselves, but it's masking how insecure you actually could be? Of course, this is a common... It's a very good point that you brought up right now because usually... When we, are, when we are facing a personal challenge and we are feeling insecure deeply inside us, deeply, deeply inside us, we feel insecure, we feel we have this low self-esteem. A lot of times we're trying to show a different face to the, to the people around us. So uh, we, uh, people may think that we are you know, grounded, that we know exactly what we want, we are very confident, but in the end, but in the, in the, in the reality, we are not like this. In reality, we are the opposite. So here, when we do, we're doing coaching and we're discussing about how to address this issue, we're talking about the authentic and the true behavior as the authentic emotions and the authentic feelings. We're not discussing about the masking or about what we reflect to others because these can bring us up to a level for short term. 
it can help us maybe for short term. But for long term success, it doesn't help us because we really need to transform ourselves authentically and find our levels of balance or all these levels of harmony or understanding of ourselves in order to be able to sustain long-term achievement and long-term success and long-term relationships, long-term uh, wealth or, uh, you know, long-term um, uh, values, beliefs, whatever this is. Yeah. And what are some strategies we can use to, you know, help build these and cultivate this in our life? Yeah, there are different, there are different tools someone can use or strategies. For example, network. To, to be part of a strong network or of a support network so that there is constant exchange. There is constant also maybe reflection. For example, maybe there's a challenge from someone that we know or someone that we trust or our coach or our salary psychologist, whoever that may be, to really reflect on our behaviors, really reflect on our thoughts, challenge our thoughts because someone needs to challenge us. If someone does not challenge us, our insight does not come up. So this could be a strategy, for example. Another strategy is another strategy is to really, if I say, if I can say that in a in a way like in a way of reflection, to look ourselves in the mirror and say, yeah. who am I? Who am who really? I am who who really? What is what is what is that I want in life? What is that I want to achieve? Do I know that? Do I know who I am? Do I know what I want to achieve? And why I want to achieve this? These are the more challenging questions. Yeah, for Basically, sure. Basically, to, to overcome and understand who we are and what we want. Because once we have an understanding about this and we are fully aligned with our true self and our authentic self, then we can change. Then we can transform. Mm. And is this a process that takes time? <clears throat> ah, it depends. It can take time, but it can be also like in a, in a snap of your fingers, depending yeah. on how strong, depending on how strong the inside is and how strong the challenging moment or the challenging situation we are facing is. For, for example, you know very well that you have you, some people, unfortunately, they are going to through the very tough situations uh, health-wise, health-wise, right? And maybe they're in a, in a life or death situation. Sometimes this is where magic happens and then everything is shifted and they're shifting their identity. They're shifting their beliefs. They're shifting their, the, uh, the way they consider themselves in the world and everything. So this is where this can happen very fast in that, in that situation, in that critical situation, or it can take longer. It can take longer because someone is taking his time or her time. He wants or she wants to explore different experiences before they achieve this transformation. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you about workplace self-esteem now. So how does a low self-esteem impact workplace productivity? Oh, definitely, definitely it impacts it. In what way? If you don't have the, if you have low confidence, you will not have the concentration, you will not have the focus, you will not have the confidence, you will not have the confidence required. You will not be the risk taker required. You will not stand up to take responsibility when it's required, or you don't. You will not get take accountability when it's required. Mm. So that means that you will not be productive in the end, from the eyes of the organization, from the perspective of the organization and the management of the organization. So you will be there, 
but at some point you will not be productive and that will be obvious. Maybe three months, six months, one year, it doesn't matter. It will be obvious that you're not productive. If you're balanced in terms of your self-esteem, then you will do all this. You will have the motivation, you will wake up in the morning and you will be happy to go to work, you will be happy to be productive, you will be happy to take responsibility, you will want to take to take the account, you will have the accountability to achieve things, to accomplish the things, to accomplish your promises, right? to do the right steps for your success. And then that means that you will be productive also for your for the organization you work for, or you will be productive and you will be supportive to your colleagues, you will be bring a positive impact and positive and additional uh, value to the organization or to your teams or your employees or your colleagues. Yeah, and do you think that it's possible to force yourself to be positive as a way of improving your self-esteem or does this have to be more of a natural process? Because sometimes people are like, fake it till you make it or, you know, even if you're not feeling positive, just act positive. I know, you know what, I, you just reminded me now at least of the, if the, this, this general, let's say, guidance that we hear, we know very much also in social media and our everyday life about affirmations. Mm. You know, yes, affirmations are good, right? But what if I can say something hundred times? I can say it. Do I really believe it? Yeah. Does it really? It does it really resonate with me? Is yeah. it coming from my heart? Is it coming from my center? Or I just do affirming myself? I'm saying I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough because I heard it in a webinar or in a seminar or in social media, and I'm just saying I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. Yeah. So yes, positivity can be can be artificial in a way, but for how long? For one day, for two days, for one week. If I don't if I don't have really the natural instinct of being positive or being optimistic, of having high energy, of managing my time properly, of managing my priorities properly, and I know exactly exactly what is important for me, if I don't know that then I cannot be positive, I cannot be productive, I cannot achieve something that I could achieve as a, as based on my skills and based on my talents. Yeah, and what happens when we do start to cultivate authentic positivity? Oh, big change, huge change. First of all, we radiate that. So we radiate to the others, <laughs> very important. We start smiling, yeah. right? We start smiling and this is also very, very, uh, uh, in, infectious, if I if I can say that to our environment, right? Because yeah. then then it's 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 really natural and not it's not faked. It's really natural. So people understand this subconsciously and consciously. Because if it's if it's either fake or if it's natural, people understand it uh, subconsciously immediately. Mm. Either way, either way, we understand this from another person, right? So then we created we create the impression of um, this positive uh, approach or this positive person, we create accordingly our impression. So we are either a believe that it's an authentic, it's an authentic expression, it's an authentic positivity, so we reflect this back, or we understand that it's fake and we withdraw ourselves and we keep our distance and we don't believe in this person that is, uh, you know, is faking the positivity. So it's very, this is highly important to be really authentic and be 
be able to achieve. And you will ask me now, how do we achieve this? I was going to ask you that. I was just <laughs> going to ask you that. <laughs> I was sure. I was sure because this is a normal question to have. Yes. So how to achieve this positivity? Yeah. My answer there, my answer there is very simple, but very difficult, very challenging at the same time. Be fully aligned with who you are and with your true self. And what know, does that if, mean? It means, it means that if I really know who I am and why I'm here in this uh, lifetime, in this world, in this society, in this city, in whatever level you want to put it, to put, if I really know this and if I really know my values and I have sorted out my different beliefs, lim uh, restricting beliefs, limitless beliefs, whatever this is, right? The whole range. If I know this very, very well, then I can be focused. I can be focused on what is important for me. I said that already, but this is for me very important. Be, fo be focused on what is important for you and just put all your other, put your energy, your time, your effort around that. And then you can be as positive as possible. You can be as happy as possible and you can be the best person of yourself. Yeah. And this does sound like a journey that will take time to achieve. Yes and no. Yes and no. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it can be come as an inspiration from someone or from a, from a situation. Sometimes it can take a little bit more, but in the end, in the end, you have to consider uh, how, what, what is your connection and what is your belief around time? Mm. Because philosophically speaking, what is time? Yeah. What is, how do you compare time on what? I will give you an example. You have 24 hours in your day. I have 24 hours in my day, right? Is yeah. it the same? Do we experience time the same way? Probably not. Mm, you see? So this, yeah. is, this is the answer to that. We typically, as per the society rules and the history and everything, we have 24 hours, both of us. Yeah. But you may experience it in a much more positive way, much more creative way. You can do amazing things. You can do have a, a, a great experiences. You really love what you're doing. So time for you is completely different uh, experience of this 24 hours specifically. Well, for me, this 24 hours experience can be, oh, I'm depressed. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I want. I better watch TV or I check my social media for five hours a day, you know, and then, you know, maybe I eat some junk food or I don't want to go out. Now that my friends have invited me to a dinner, but I don't go out because I feel they're bored. They're boring. I'm sorry. And I'm bored and all that. So what is the experience of the 24 hours for you and for me? That's a very interesting point you make, actually. I feel like we generally think that time is the same for everyone. Everyone's got the same amount of time. But I feel like now that you've said that, time seems like more of a subjective thing. Like everyone's 24 hours is very different. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I'd love to now ask you about your personal experiences and maybe some practices that you use to help improve your self-esteem. Do you have anything that you, you know, implement into your daily life? Yes, um, um, I, I can say that I'm very well organized in that aspect. So, for example, I, I do now for, uh, I've always been an athlete, by the way, right? Always. Since mm. I remember myself five years old, 
I was a swimmer, then I was a professional swimmer at competitive level, then I was a water polo player, then I was doing all kinds of sports and physical challenges, let's say. Not yeah. extreme, never extreme, never extreme, right? But very moderate, but very, very consistent, very consistent. So the last now eight years almost I am doing, I'm a Kung Fu practitioner. So I'm a Kung Fu martial artist. I'm not a master of something like this. No, I need another 30 or 40 years for that, right? right? But, but, but I'm practicing and this is embedded in myself. It's embedded in my routine. So anything that has to do with my physical well-being and my spiritual well-being and anything in between, mental and emotional, I'm very, very focused around that. So, for example, I'll give you another example. During uh, COVID, during COVID, right, for two years, almost uh, one and a half year, we were, at, we were at home, basically, you know, working full-time or part-time or not working at all, right? I literally, uh, I literally spent at least 1,000 hours, literally 1,000 hours at least in webinars and trainings, mm-hmm. in online webinars and trainings. Most of them free, some of them paid, but most of them free. But I gave them the time, I invested the time, I invested my efforts there, you know, and I was balancing my time with my, with my family and my personal development and my personal growth through this and my physical well-being. And the same thing I'm doing right now. I have a very, very clear schedule of my day, how I wake up, what is my routine, how I exercise in the morning to, to bring energy to my body, what I do at work, what is my schedule at work, when I rest, when I sleep, you know, uh, how, when I spend time with my family and do happy things and family things, you know, and we all enjoy together. So I'm not a robot. I'm not saying that I'm a robot or we should be robots. I'm not saying that. But, you know, I have this kind of belief that when we have a routine in our lives, it brings us safety yeah. and it brings us, it brings us peace. Mm. because we avoid challenging moments sometimes, which are fine, or we have the resilience to, uh, to address these challenging times because we have the certainty, we have the self-esteem, we have the self-confidence in order to, uh, to uh, also address challenges when they come, when they come in, and we are open to them. Yeah, for sure. Isn't it, isn't it like, uh, you know, the kids... Like the children that you know that you have a strict routine usually for the babies that they need to sleep at a specific time they need to yeah. eat a specific time they need to play at a specific time they need to socialize so you're trying parents trying to keep this balance for the children why because it brings them safety it brings them yeah. consistency it brings them pleasure it brings them peace peace and harmony so why should that be different for the adults I feel like that's a very good point. If you think about even if you get a new pet, you get a puppy and you have set times, you have to do things, you're doing it that way so you can cultivate better habits for the future for when they're grown up. Mm, That's a great point, you see. So you have babies and children, you have pets. Mm. Why not human, why not adults? Yeah. (laughs) Why we don't have this discipline? Why we don't have this self-discipline? Because it's about self-discipline. Why we don't have this self-discipline? to manage our time and put these routines in our lives and our daily habits mm. so that we cultivate all the rest, the rest of the soft skills, yeah. the mental, the emotional part, the mental empowerment, the spiritual, of course. 
For sure. I feel like a part of that could be because of all the distractions we have in our life, it's so hard to focus on doing these more important things like setting routines, setting yourself up to do really well and, you know, have a better self of better sense of self-esteem. I think we're just so caught up in our past or the future or all the distractions. If I was coaching you now, you know what my question would be? What would it be? what, What do you mean by distractions? I mean, we've got social media. We've got all of mm. like so, the things we so worry what about. What does it? What does it mean? Social media for you? Social media. I feel like for me is a kind of escape or temporary sort of. I don't know gratification. Just getting to look into other people's lives, and it takes away from what you're doing in your life. Ah, you see. And why yeah. is that? Why Why is it important to take away what you're doing in your life? Why is it from this? Why is why it important is it for you to escape from what you're doing in life? Oh, I feel like it's easy to focus on what someone else is doing and be oh. like, okay, cool. Then it is to mm-hmm. focus on your life and do the hard work to get to a mm. place where you're happier. Yeah. Okay. But then how you would how would you grow if you're not focusing yourself? Exactly. I feel like that's such a good question. And then I feel like that comes down to self-discipline and you know being able to do the right things for yourself as opposed to indulging in those bad habits that you know aren't good for you but you can't stop yourself from doing them at the same time exactly and goes on and goes on you see it does yeah This this is this is the beauty of coaching right because already now with two or three questions you came up with a couple of insights and you started before in the beginning you said in the, and I, I excuse me for challenge you a bit, right? No, that's okay. <laughs> Live, yeah, <laughs> but but I think it's a joyful uh, conversation to have, yeah. and it's very insightful. I think because you started in saying, yeah, maybe it's more comfortable to avoid and escape from my reality, and maybe see what other people are doing and get gratification for that. This is what you said, mm. and then you ended up in three questions only. You ended up and saying, yeah, because you know it's about self discipline and how I can challenge myself, you know, around these. You see? Yeah. Wow, that's actually very cool. I didn't even know that a few questions could do that. Yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting, you know, because when I do some um, when I do some webinars, in in uh, with a bigger audience, you know, and some which is coaching slash training webinars, then uh, then I challenge uh, someone as a volunteer for fifteen minutes of live coaching in front of the audience. Mm. And it's very, it's, it's great what you can achieve in 15 minutes. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great experience, a magical uh, experience, even for 15 minutes to coach. Yeah. I mean, we just had like a minute of that and already we got something out of it. So that's so amazing. Um, and I'd love to go back to talking about you now. Um, so <laughs> when you're doing this practice in your life, setting up routine, are there any challenges you come across? Yes, the biggest challenge is the family time. <laughs> I have to tell yeah. you, yeah. But I'm very conscious of that. I'm very conscious of that, and my family is very supporting me that as well because we respect each other and their personal time. So I respect also my my need for my wife to take the her time for her self care, right? Because you know what? In the end, if we don't take care of us of ourselves, and if we are not happy and grounded and positive on who we are and what we are doing, we cannot. Uh, we cannot reflect this high energy. We cannot be there and invest the quality time when we are with others, when I'm with my children. Because if I don't feel well about myself, 
how I can invest quality time and be present with my kids when we do a family game, when mm. we watch a family movie, when we are out together in the garden or the, in the, by the seaside, by the mountain, wherever we do for a, for a journey. Is it, is it that it's like, it's like, it's like going out in a trip altogether, let's say, traveling in a car, imagine, and that's, this is what it came to me now. We're, t- we're driving all together. I'm driving and we have a, like a driving for three hours, four hours, and we do not exchange a single word. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I have my mind and my brain in my uh, holistic coaching, in my coaching, in my clients, in my duties, in my responsibility, what I will shop, where we will eat, what we need to cook, etc. for example. Is that quality time? But if I have sorted out all these and I'm, I'm, I'm f- fulfilled because I know that I have, I'm taking care of myself, I know that I'm doing the right things for myself, then this, these three, four hours in the car driving with the kids can be the most amazing time as a family. Yeah. You see what I mean? Because we are fully present, we're fully there, we're fully communicating, we're fully exchanging, we are saying anecdotes, we're watching the nature outside and we are... We are uh, playing games with the nature, what we see outside with the windows and all that. I think that's really great. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you're on a plane and they say the emergency masks will appear from above you, attend to yourself before you attend to the person next to you. It reminded me of that. Yes, amazing insight. You see, that's a good metaphor. I like this metaphor. I will remember this metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind. I feel exactly. like it's not about the fact that you don't care about others, but you can't properly, you know, focus on someone else if you haven't taken care of yourself. Exactly. You cannot serve in our language, you know, we cannot mm. serve the others properly if we, yeah, if we have not taken care of ourselves, if we have not served ourselves. And I don't say that on a selfish way. I say it on a real taking care of yourself, of your needs, so that you are not because we am selfish, but because this is what I need. And in order for me to be able to give the maximum that I can to the others, to the, to the other people, to my family, to my friends, then I need to have this stability. I need to have this energy. I need to have this mental and emotional state so that I can offer the best version of myself to the others. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I'm so glad we touched on this point. I feel like it's so important to do self-work. Um, yes, we, we all need the oxygen mask, as you said. Yes, exactly. We all do need the oxygen mask. I love that metaphor. I'm going to even use that again. I feel like that's probably my smartest moment of today. Hey, appreciate that. I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and lastly, I'd like to ask how this practice has impacted your productivity and your perception in life over time. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent has impacted because you know I had I always had this principle in my mind and this uh, very very strong value for me: how to save energy and how to save time in order to invest them, invest my energy and my time invest them in something useful, something of of importance, something of personal growth, something of social impact, something of um, volunteering, something of really that has meaning to me, right? And to meaning to me by also offering and by also impacting others, because this is what I, this is what I like to do, right? For example, even coaching, I've done hundreds of hours of free coaching 
free coaching, right? Because I, I feel that I can offer things to others even for free, not as an exchange with money, etc. Because I do that as a volunteer, let's say, or in some, I've done a coaching, a group coaching for free. You know, for some people, they need it. Of course, this does not sustain me financially, so I need to have a balance, of course, right? We're talking about balance. But, yeah. but, but I offer my time and my energy because I have already saved this time and energy for myself. And I have a, I have a lot, I have a, I, I, I feel I have a stock of energy and time that I can use it. Uh, I can, I can use it valuable, valuably for others. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And just to round off today's episode, I'd love to jump into our open mic section. So um, this is just a chance for you to share anything that you're passionate about. So yeah, what would you love to talk about today? Yeah, my passions more or less. So more or less, we discussed a lot. Maybe I talk too much. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> so so yes, my passion is uh, traveling. Uh, we haven't touched traveling. My passion is traveling for sure. Yeah. You know, I've been to maybe 50, 55 countries more, more or less now. Wow. So hopefully in the next 50 years, <laughs> the next 50 years, I can go to the rest, <laughs> to the rest of, to the rest of the countries in the world. This, this is something that I really enjoy. I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy uh, tasting new things, you know, mixing uh, things, you know, when, uh, when uh, we are cooking the family, when I'm cooking, you know, I like all this uh, uh, new experiences, basically, because I think it's uh, everything. It's about experience. It's about experience. Yeah. You know, if even if you have all the money of the world, if you don't know how to uh, live these experiences and uh, and enjoy the experiences, what are you gonna do with the money of the world? All the money of the world. Yeah. Right. So even if you have this financial ability or financial wealth and abundance, you still need all these experiences, right? And so traveling and experience for me is very important. I feel very joyful. I get a lot of energy from all these meeting new people from different cultures. I've uh, lived uh, also in several countries so far, apart from traveling, I mean, right? So um, yeah, I will never stop doing that, actually. That's so amazing. I, I love even, traveling. I, even, I, I got even training. I didn't say that, that so far to you, but I even got training. I got trained with the Shaolin monks in a monastery oh. in China. Before COVID, and I was lucky. It was like six months before COVID, so I was not. Wow. Uh, yeah, so you know, it was a very strong experience. But yeah. uh, you know, but everyone, anyone can do that. Anyone, it's not something really special. Anyone really can do it. It's I just think a matter that's, of that's just still a very special. Yeah, yeah, it's still it's just, still just maybe for someone would be to do a, a big retreat, or someone would be to live an experience in the Amazon or whatever, you know. Or someone wants to travel to the moon. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to travel also to the moon if I <laughs> if I if I have the possibility. Actually, I had I had uh, I had submitted my application for Virgin Galactic. <laughs> oh my god! Really, really. <laughs> wow. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I was not chosen. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Yes, <laughs> Maybe yes. next time. Yes. So yeah. So this is this is my passions and this is what I like. And of yeah. course, now with being a being a father. Uh, I'm very conscious to spend as much time as possible with my kids and being their mentor and being their being their role model because I'm very conscious of that. I don't know if I achieve it all the times, but uh, but this is a big objective for me. It's very important for me to be their role model. Yeah. And you know, role, role model you can be consciously and subconsciously. Meaning yeah. because the kids, the kids as you know, they attract everything. They just attract everything. Everything they see 
They don't, they don't have to say anything. Even if you were silent the full day and you would do things that are important for you and they bring value and that you consider ethical and you consider valuable for the kids, even without saying anything, the kids would abstract and would absorb everything. Yeah, I feel like that's a really great perspective to have. And I think, like they say, kids are the future. So, And yeah. when the kids grow up, and we all grow up, so, and we have yeah. to take care and we have to foster and we have to, to, uh, to, to, to uh, bring back these, uh, these values and sustain these values for our kids, you know, because it's a matter of education, it's about culture yeah. and how these kids will grow up and what this world will become in the end. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us today. And thank, I had you for, a... thank you for challenging me. <laughs> no, thank you for challenging me. I feel like that was such a great conversation. And I loved when you started asking me questions. I felt like it was so interactive and it was just a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thank you. I appreciate uh, being your guest here, uh, Joanna. And uh, why not? Maybe we can do it in the future again. Yeah, of course. It was my pleasure. Um, and for those of us who want to find out a bit more about you, where can they go? Yeah, so they can uh, reach me in uh, my website. That's the easiest, which is for basically my name. It's tassoskodzias.com, which if I can spell it will be T-A-S-S-O-S-K-O-T-Z-I-A-S.com. And of course, I have also social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc., and, uh, and I guess through your podcast, of course, right? Because when it goes to air, you know, I guess uh, they can find me through you. I'll be yeah. happy to, I will have be, I will be, ha I'll be happy to, uh, to talk to any of your listeners. Anyway, I offer a, a 30 minutes free consultation call. So uh, I'm, um, I'm eager and I'm, uh, be, I'm excited to, uh, to get in touch with some of your listeners. Amazing. Well, we also have Tassos' information in the details and his details in the description below. But thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you. You have been listening to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by the Life Management Science Labs. Listen to episodes from LMSL's 10 Life Management Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or other podcasting apps on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people find it and us grow to bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website, pp.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Joanna. Thanks for tuning in.